Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. monster the Japanese call Godzilla has just walked out of Tokyo Bay. We begin the attack on Earth now. We've persuaded the thing to help you with what little power it has left. Godzilla now reigns supreme and will, in all probability, continue his march towards Tokyo, destroying everything in his path as they go. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Welcome to another jaw-dropping installation of the Kaiju Cast, a monthly podcast that is 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. This is episode number 19, and things are getting a little spooky in here. I'm here with my guest for the month of July, a local horror host and MC of the macabre, Baron Von Gulu. Say hello to the kitties, Baron. Hello, kitties. Thank you, Mr. Yount, for having me here. I'm delighted to finally make it after all these months. I apologize that I didn't make it last Halloween, but as you can imagine, it's kind of... Tends to be my busy season. Definitely, I'm surprised it's not dead. Okay, that was dumb. (laughs) We're gonna talk to him about his relationship with our favorite radioactively mutated dinosaur. But we, of course, have some news bits and the Daikaiju discussions to get to. Before we get into all that, let's wind up the old Japanese jukebox and play some listener requests.
interested in what tracks I just played? Okay, here we go. First off, I played the Peanuts' Sacred Springs for John. Then I followed that up with the main title from Godzilla 2000 for Tim. And then last but not least, Roar from the Cloverfield soundtrack for Nick. Now let's turn our evil eye to this month's guest. With me at the audio console is local horror host Baron Von Gulu. Hiya! The Baron MCs several events here in town throughout the year, and uh, but what's made him infamous in the Portland scene is his horrific haunted house, Fright Town. And actually, Fright Town is more than just a haunted house, isn't it? Well, uh, it, it, Fright Town is it's it is a town. It is a town of fright. That's why we, uh, you know, hence Fright Town. We're really we're not that original. But uh, we have three haunted houses there, uh, and there we're sticking with the themes. Every year we 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 crank it up a notch because we want our customers to come back and go, oh hey, that's you know it's it's like you know what it's like it's like when The Exorcist was re-released. And I'm sitting there in the theater, and I'm like, I've seen this a million times. And then she crab walks down the stairs, and every fluid in my body just vacated at once. I was just, <laughs> I was just it was just, walk up, walk. And we do, we do that every year at Fright Town. We give, we, people come back, and they see their favorite attraction, and then they turn a corner. It's completely different, and they totally get their money's worth, and, and they also vacate their fluids. Excellent. Well, we, I have, that, we have janitorial uh, staff ready, ready to go. Perfect. Vacated fluid core. Well, I know two of the staff. They're not janitorial. I know Cindy and uh, and Sane, both C. both who have been guests on the show. Cindy and Sane are excellent haunters, outstanding haunters. Yeah, they, they Cindy, spend a lot of time creepy. there, Creepy. Right? Dude, she's, totally she's got creepy. That, she's got that Asian girl thing working for her and like the, the long... Why do all... I don't understand why all Asian ghosts have long black hair. I think that's just what creeps it's them out, just, man. Well, and they all, but yes, and Cindy, it's like down to her butt or something. Yeah, it's, it's long. She's got long hair. I think her hair might be longer than you know. It's just about anybody else's it, hair. And I know, it, and it, you know, it scares people. Just her Asian hair. That's all it takes. <laughs> you should just have that hanging down <laughs> yes. from a doorway. Welcome to the hall of Cindy's Asian hair. Ooh. Yeah, it's a it's a really awesome setup you have there, and I actually oh, um, I got to see a lot of what Sane created last year, and that was cool. He's terribly talented that boy. Yes, and um, a couple of years ago, Lindsay took me through there, and uh, that's when I saw Cindy. Your, your your listeners are on a first name basis with <laughs> Lindsay too. Wow, well, she hasn't like, been on the show yet, exciting. but you know we we like to joke around in the circle of friends that I have that all sure, sure. everything re- revolves around Lindsay because <laughs> we all know each other through <laughs> Lindsay. But anyway. Right. Uh, yeah, Cindy wouldn't even break character when I saw her because she was in the oh, like. No. I was like, "Hey, what's no, up? No, 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 you're not supposed what's to break up? character." And she was like, just staring at me, shaking her hands yes. in the long because arm when dress. She, because when she's in the haunted house, she is not Cindy. She is spooky, long hair, aging ghost girl. Definitely, completely different. Yes, completely it was. Different. It was. It was like at first it was disconcerting, and then it was. Then it was kind of creepy. It was, it was like, okay, I know that's Cindy, but she's. Creeping me out, so I'm well. Leaving. And the thing, you know, it's it's funny. It's like I have a bias. We 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 go out of our way to not do things from movies in Fright Town. We keep everything fresh and keep everything unexpected, and keep ourselves from getting sued because, like you know, New Line and the other com- companies and uh, you know Universal, they have people who yeah. go out in October and they find the haunted houses that are using Freddy Krueger and are using Flat Top Frankenstein and things like that, and they sue them. No, really? Yeah, they do. And it's mainly with like your Jasons, mm-hmm. your Freddies, your um you know, the just 
the, the the monsters just that are just named after like you know the guys down at the pool hall mike freddy jason <laughs> hey remember there let's go you know and the, all of chuck hey chucky come on over here let's shoot some pool <laughs> and they uh and 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 those those licenses are jealously guarded and uh and they will get you sued but um so we don't do that so we, what are you doing do this year? Um, tell me, tell me something that's going to creep me out this so, okay, year. Well, well, okay. Let's let's stay let's stay germane to the uh, subject at hand. Every year, Baron von Gulo's Museum of Horrors, which uh, you know, actually, I, I should back up to your first question. Why is it more than just a haunted house? Your first question from I don't know, it was about twenty minutes ago. Now we were like rambling like an idiot. Um, we have the Chop Shop. In, is one of the th- we have three haunted houses there. The chop shop is one of them. That's the that's the fodder I throw to the teenagers. They want their blood. They want their gore. So chop shop is like the splatter fest. It's the splatter fest. It's just like blood and squirt and everybody you know and everybody screams and lots of chainsaw noises and and the kids love it. And then we have Elshoff Manor, which is this gorgeous gothic haunted house. That's the one that Cindy works in. Yes. And, you know, like ghosts and vampires and old school, but still extremely scary. And a lot of people come out and they say, that was my favorite one. You know, they, lately, actually, it's been people come out, they like the Chop Shop or they like Elshoff Manor. That's that's the the the, the mass people that like that. Then there's there's my little hideaway. Baron Von Gulo's Museum of Horrors, which is really, when you get right down to it, a parody of haunted houses. Mm. And you'll get... The hipsters and the artists and the film buffs and those people will go through and they will go, we don't want to go, we don't want to waste our time in the other two. We want to go through this one three times. We want to go, we just we just want to stay here. This is awesome. And so, but that's like maybe, I don't know, 3% of all the people who come through fall in love with the Museum of Horrors and never want to see anything else, which is great. You know, it's, I'm all, I'm all for the underdog. And, uh, <laughs> but what we do, one of the things we do is every year we have a sub theme. And our very first sub-theme started in 2002 was Baron Von Gulo's Museum of Horrors and the Petting Zoo of the Unsettling. And then every year we've done one. We've done Baron Von uh, Gulo's uh, Museum of Horrors and the Eight-Piece Bucket of Doom was our inbred hillbilly slasher uh, uh, room that year. And then uh, we did uh, Baron Von Gulo's Museum of Horrors and School for Wayward Girls. That was one of my favorites. Nice. Absolute disaster. Logistically, (laughs) absolute disaster. It's like... You go in and you tell a bunch of teenage girls, it's like, okay, here's the part you're playing. You're a demon and you're a delinquent. And you think that they would like stay within some certain bounds of, you know, realizing that they are in fact neither demons or delinquents. But they all turned into demonic delinquents. And I got complaints and letters and it was a mess. Um, but they were hot. And all uh, press is good they, press. Well, they were all in their, they're all in their little Catholic schoolgirl outfits. Yeah. So it was kind I of missed like, that year. It was creepy. And we had evil nuns with giant rulers. It was very fun. Uh, but this year, this year we are going all giant monster. We're going with we our big, our well, not all giant monsters. We got all our other rooms there. We saw the evil clowns and blah 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 blah. But uh, but what your uh, listeners are going to want to hear about is Baron Von Gulo's Museum of Horrors and the Atomic Rampage of the Ultra Battle Monsters. That is our, you know, it's like, I know earlier, I told you it was a different title, but like, we're working on it right now. I got to Halloween still two months away. And so we, that was our working title. But now the title is 
the Atomic Rampage of the Ultra Battle Monsters. It's organic, man. We're very it's organic. excited. I was like, Atomic Rampage. I like the sound of that. Yeah. We're, we're well, I remember when you told me that, told me a little bit about it before. It just to me sounds like a like awesome time. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. You'll be in the Mad Scientist Laboratory, and then you'll have to walk through his experimental expando chamber. So when you come out the other side of the expando chamber, you're in Tokyo and you're the size of all the buildings just like just like uh, the monsters that are there duking Dude, it out. That sounds really it's cool. It's going to be awesome. It's, I cannot I was, wait. To see I'm it. painfully excited about it. I'm really really very. And you know the the uh, the earlier mentioned uh, Mr. Sane Donahue will be key what with his artistic talents and his perverse uh, adoration for giant monsters. Uh, he will be uh, he will be uh, uh, key in seeing this sucker get off the ground. So Excellent. Terribly excited. Excellent. Terribly, terribly, terribly excited. I cannot wait to see it. Seriously. It's and the museum, cool. the museum is actually my favorite part Thank with, you, you know, much. Elsoft's manor being just behind it because that was pretty rad too. They're pretty good. Yeah. I think uh, what most Im- impressed me most about Elsoft's manor was the, the werewolves in the, in the graveyard. Those are pretty cool. <laughs> was, we do like, like whoa! They, they do like their werewolves. They're big. They were giants. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I really will. I look very, very forward to seeing that. Well, you should come dress up as a monster one night. Uh, you probably won't have to twist my That'd arm very big, far at all. To big try fat that. fun. Some photos, exactly. Uh, see, how do you look in spandex? You could be ultra. <laughs> I look terrible That'd in spandex. Awesome. Nobody wants to see that. I would I actually probably. I might. I might. I might look a little horrifying. Oh, see, that's what I'm going for. It might work. All right. Um, so additionally, for you know those out there who that don't have the privilege of living in our fair Portland, um, we have an airport. We do have an airport. They, uh, but they don't know about the Willamette Week, and the Willamette Week oh, has right. a best of Portland issue that they release every year. Just and came out yesterday, this week they released it, and guess who was best boogeyman? That would be me. That would be you, I, sir. I was the best. I do not know. Um, I don't know who the runners up were. But it doesn't matter. Does but it, it doesn't matter because he slash she are losers. <laughs> I am the best boogeyman. So, uh, no, I, I, uh, it was very kind of them. And uh, I'm terribly, uh, I, you know, honestly, if I, just, just for a second, I'm flattered. I'm flattered because I don't expect anyone to think about me in any other month of the year except October. And here it is, July. And they're thinking about little old me. And it's delightful. Delightful. It's delightful. I'm titillated. So actually, are you doing anything uh, before the haunted house? You emceeing anything this year? Or? Mm, no. Is Focusing a matter of all fact, your energies on the new stuff. Yeah, well, by by July, it's time to get down to brass tacks. Because Fright Town is a lot of work. Yes. It is. I mean, you, you've gone. You've seen, the, you've seen the work that goes into it. And we usually start in August. But this year I decided that wasn't enough time, so we started in July, right and on. we're already at it, and we're already making, um, we're not making uh, giant monsters yet, because uh, Mr. Donahue is not able to join us at this exact moment, but he'll be joining us soon, and we'll start doing that then. But like right now we're doing things like evil dolls and evil trees and evil sandwiches, everything we do is evil, it's all. The stuff you need. Evil. Yes. Stuff you need. Stuff you need it's to so like true. fill the backlog. I needed some evil trees. I did it so I'm making some evil trees. It's like, you know, it's like we're very proppy. 
Excellent. Terribly proppy. Excellent. Well, let's let's go ahead and switch topic here. Let's yes. get get on to the gigant the... monster. Exactly. Let's get on to Godzilla. Me gusta. So uh, I hear that your alter ego has a pretty sizable collection of Godzilla stuff. It's 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 big. It's big. I've uh, I have, and I'm a completist. When I get to, uh, oh no, I'm gonna forget what the company is. Bandai. No, no, it's older. Um, the King Zorus collection of Ultra Monsters that was put out Bullmark. by Pope. Poppy, I think. Poppy, Poppy, Poppy. Poppy. Let's say Poppy. Poppy. Poppy's more fun to say. Um, I think it's. I think it's Poppy, maybe. But um, I have all of them except for a monster called Tabara. 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 T a b a r a or t a b r a or something like that. But I am embarrassed Tabara. to say that I don't know who Tabara is. Well, you know something. I don't either. <laughs> it's just that I know they made a figure of him. I just like you know they 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 they're uh, they're they're just they're just fun. They're kind of like they're kind of old and bullmarky, but they're only about four or five inches tall, and uh, they're they're just uh, and I've and I've I was I was able to find all of them over time except for Tabara. I'm not as big of a uh, Godzilla purist as I think as I suspect you might be. I am also quite open. To uh, the Ultra Monsters and uh, uh, Gamera and his ilk, and uh, actually very fond of uh, some of the Ultra Monsters. Love uh, you feel me with Baltan? Yes. But ba- love Baltan. I have I have dozens of Baltan figures. I just think that it's just such a weird. He's sort of like he, he's the one that's got sort of like the insect lobster head and the lobster claws claw. and ballet yeah. tights. It's yes. just it's just a very an, an elf shoes. And he's the one that laughs like <laughs> Yes. Very just this bizarre moth-headed lobster ballerina elf guy. And I just I love him. I I've just, got a translucent gray ooh. uh Balton figure. I have one that is 30 inches tall. Oh. It is nice. neat. Those are cool. It is it is one of the few that I have not had to put away because of the uh, the addition of the little goblin to our family. Most of the <laughs> most of the figures have had to be stored away until uh, some indeterminate point in the future. But uh, but my giant Balton is still out, and I and I, I love it. That was a I believe it's Bandai. I'm, I I uh, you know I, I I stopped. Probably doesn't matter so much because it's thirty inches tall. Well, there's that, and uh, but but. Uh, you know, I, I, there was a period of time, and I think it was, I think it, it correlates very much with uh, bef- before the the little gulo started creeping around, because children eat your brains. Um, <laughs> I, re- I remembered everything. It's like, oh yes, this is Marasan, and this is, you know, and this was in this scene, and this and blah 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 blah. blah. I've forgotten it all. I forgot. It's like it's like you know, Bandai Maru Park Mopey Bullmarky, maybe <laughs> I don't know. I, it's rubber. I would say that uh, aside from maybe the children eating your brains, which I know I can attest to for sure, <laughs> the fact that they're in boxes they're and not gracious. not in front of you all the yeah. time is probably another another reason. But yeah, yeah, that's this is very true. But I do, I do. Uh, there's the yeah, like the, the King Zorus collection I was referring to earlier, and then most of the Bandai's mm-hmm. uh, up until recently, where they just started reissuing everything smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That didn't particularly uh, that didn't really earn my American dollar. But um, I basically uh, anything that they released that I didn't already have the standard eight inch figures true. in, yes. I was able to go. Oh, cool! I'll yes. pick up that's the true. 
Jet Jaguar. Or, I was know, yes. I was I was fortunate enough to get them a little bit earlier on, so I do have all the original. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, the, and so you know, so in the in the in 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 most cases when I was getting those those new ones, uh, you know, I was getting a, just a smaller duplicate. You know, and actually, in some cases, like like the Destroyer figure, for example, the original mm-hmm. was just—it's yeah. just too large. Yeah. You know, the tail is so long, and it won't fit on my shelf and everything. It's like, oh, here's this little one. I'll just put it. Oh, aren't you adorable? Yeah, I found that you had to like—I had to like stick my shelves out further. Like, so there's like a gap, yes. but there's like a three <laughs> or four inch gap between the edge of my shelf and the wall. Yes, for the tails. Yes, yes. Where you know where yeah, and and uh, I uh, recently. As I was packing all my things away, pulled out the uh, uh, the 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 shelves all the way and went back behind them and pulled all the ones that had fallen back there like <laughs> ten years ago, like it's, you know like like my I had like this uh, Ultraman Pegula monster and it was like oh there you are I was well, I thought I owned you and you're there covered with dust and spider feces so yes it's you know oh. Oh, the trials of collectors. True. But um, no, I do love a giant monster. I do love a giant monster, and I easily love the movies as much as um, as I love the figures. But um, but you know, hey, uh, Atomic Rampage. I'm you know, I, I, if I if I didn't love them, I wouldn't be doing the room. So, what was your first Godzilla memory? Like, what what's the first thing you remember? You know, from I'm your embarrassed. Life? I am embarrassed to say that my first Godzilla memory. I don't know why I'd be embarrassed. I was only probably five when I saw um, Godzilla's Revenge. Ah, man, I was just talking about how much I love that movie, actually. Godzilla's Revenge. And and so I have been disappointed um, over the years at how you never see Gabra anywhere. Or, you know, you never see the monster Gabra. There's little electronic massage fingers, <laughs> you know. It's the uh, You never, you, you just, and what a great sound came out of him. It's kind of like a warbling sound, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a like a cat screaming running down. Into know, it, yeah, it's, it's like, like a cat like, engine. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you know. And I, I just, I was I was fascinated by that creature because it was, it was like sort of my first... Um, uh, it was it was like my first like villain. It was like the first nemesis yeah. in in a movie. But I also liked Godzilla's Revenge because I like the I like the un- the ensemble monster movies because like you 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 got you 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 got uh, you got the baby Godzilla, then you got Godzilla, you got Gabra, and then you also got uh, Kamakaris is in there, mm-hmm. and like who else? And there like a Spiga or, or uh, Kamunga yes, or. Yeah. Giant Spidora or whatever yeah. they call them. I, I, I the condors in there. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, a I, bunch and, of other ones. And, shows, and the yeah. more, which is why I think, uh, which is why I'm willing to forgive Final Wars for a lot of its evils. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, the fast forward button on your remote that solves a lot of problems when you're watching that movie. Um, Make those fight scenes even faster. Between well, no, the what, I stop for the stop I know, for, for the, the humans. Oh, they, for the oh humans. yes, the, the human fight the, scenes. The, yes, faster. The, the Matrix kids. Um, right, no, completely. Yeah, what the hell? But uh, uh, destroy all monsters. Big, huge. Love the destroy all monsters and Monster Zero. Oh, Big, dude, huge, dude, huge fan. Love Monster Zero. Love the Exians. Love uh, hate what they did with them. 
in uh, in Final Wars. In Final Wars, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, come on, they were perfect. They were perfect, and you know, you just no, we have to make them. You know, we have to make a video game out of them. It's like, oh, I hate you. But um, you know, but I, but honestly, I think there are a lot of. I think there are. It's nice to know that producers can ruin a movie the world over. It's not just American producers <laughs> that ruin movies. I think. Uh, 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 what's the oh uh, giant monster attack giant. Uh, the Baragon Ghidorah Mothra. Oh, yeah. we, we, GMK. We, GMK, yeah. Um, uh, giant monster all out wet hot crazy summer. What is, what is that? I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. Godzilla Mothra King Ghidorah Giant Monster All Out Attack. Giant Monster All Out Attack. That's what I'm thinking of. And when I heard with the the, the original plan, Varan Baragon mm-hmm. Angurus, I was like, oh, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, we're going to go back to the ones we've already seen in 12 other movies. Mm, snore. So, you did know, you, it's like, did you happen to listen to my last show? No, I can't. No. This Why is you, really funny you, because you guys, you're par- definitely paralleling paralleling the, what I was saying in this panel. But I went to Crypticon Neat. in Seattle yeah. and they did a Godzilla been, panel. Is that fun? It was pretty fun. Cool. A little small, but, you know, it's growing every year yeah, yeah, from yeah, what yeah, I sure, understand. Sure, sure. Anyway, we did a Godzilla panel and I was on the panel and we I would imagine we were so. talking about that movie and oh, we were yes. also talking about Godzilla's Revenge and I'm like, Yes, I'm a Godzilla's revenge evangelist. <laughs> I will tell everybody how awesome the movie is. Well, I don't know that I don't know that I would actually go so far as to say that I think that Godzilla's revenge is air quotes awesome, but uh, uh, but it is you know it does hold a special place in my heart because in it's, in its, it's own it's, vein it oh, is yeah. awesome yes. as to what it was accomplishing right as to like a Godzilla movie in the continuum of Godzilla movies right. not so much right 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 you know. but anyway. But, but I digress. Uh, yes, but I like. Um, but today, if if I was like if I was stranded on a desert island with, let's say, a battery operated DVD player. Yes. Um. Uh, Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Really? That absolutely. Of the, th- I of the three, l- you've seen all three of the new. I have ones? seen all three. Okay. I I like you own all three of them. All right. I actually was lucky enough to see the Revenge of Iris at the Egyptian. Uh, at uh, what was that a part at, of? At, at G Fest. Uh, like, how to remember how many years ago? Like, in 1999. Yes, I was there. Get out! I was there. <laughs> Dude, that is crazy. No, I, 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 uh, I did go. I. Uh, that's the only G Fest. Well, I guess that would have been the only. I thought, you know, how often is G Fest in Los Angeles? No, it's it's only been in Los Angeles in 1999 and in 2000. Okay. And then they moved it back to Chicago. Sure. Okay. So I've only been to two G Fests I've myself. Only, I've only been to one, but I went to that one because, uh, well, it was easier because I lived in Los Angeles at the time. Oh, okay. So that, 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 and then when I found out that Revenge of Iris was going to be at the Egyptian, I was like, yes, I don't care how long I have to sit out in front of the theater. I don't care how much of a nerd that makes me. I don't care <laughs> how many wedgies I get from frat boys while I'm sitting there. You know, I will. You know, I will see this movie on the big screen, and it was awesome. Oh my god, it, it was, was awesome. I know it's it's the all three of those movies are outstanding. They really are. Uh, I mean, I am I am a big fan, but the reason, uh, 
that uh, that I that I would choose Guardian the uh, Guardian of the Universe is because it is the first of the three. Mm-hmm. It's the one that turned the corner, I think, for giant monster movies in general, and uh, well, at least or at least raised the bar. Yes, and I just, will absolutely agree with there's that. There's just that one scene, and I'm going to assume that you know the one I'm talking about. Where uh, the we Gauss, don't have to worry about spoilers on this show. No, like, no, I, think not, I would imagine if somebody not. hasn't seen Gamera Guardian of the one, Universe, they, they have, need to catch they up. They need to just turn this off and go watch it now. And uh, but uh, the scene where the uh, where Gamera is fighting the Gauss in the forest, yes. and the people are on the bridge, yeah, and Gamera gets this fireball going, and you can see it coming up from his guts and it's just there's that little bit of there's that little bit of fire kind of coming out between the cracks of his shells and you can see his throat actually expand when it comes out and then just boom and he blows the gauss into pieces yeah and i i i I was literally my jaw dropped during that sequence because because that's a degree of detail that I mean, like you, we were talking about, like especially like Godzilla's Revenge and movies like that. Puppet mouth opens, and then you got a little bit of animation shooting across the top of the film. Yeah. And this one, you just the the whole scene just shook when this fireball just where he just vomited this fireball out of his out of his whole yeah you know body, and you could just feel him just force it out and blow up this giant monster. And it was like, I was just I it was like it it. It was a renaissance for me. Yeah. Well, I, just, I loved my, how you my, could see it welling up oh, in his amazing. throat, and then it was sort of like this. It was like a little bit of a pause, and it went boom. Yeah. Shoots out. Oh, very cool. You know, and and the the fact that the director cared enough mm-hmm. to put that level of thought and detail into into just something that we have seen in a giant, just a just something coming out of a giant monster's mouth, which we have literally seen a. 10,000 times since the 1950s mm-hmm. that he would sit there and do that it was like oh you're a genius thank you for yeah. you know making me care about this movie I remember when I saw Gamera Guardian of the Universe and I was just floored at how much better it was than any of the oh, Heisei yeah. Godzilla movies yeah. and as far as you know as I'm far as a, I'm a fan and, of those but still but you're absolutely correct and then uh, Gamera 2 with uh, Advent of Legion. Fantastic. I was like, whoa, this is like twice as good. I know. No, and it, then it, it, Gamera they, 3, it, it raised the bar even higher for me. Yeah. So. No, I, I, I agree, and I especially agree with the, the sequence, again, the sequence of Gamera fighting the Gauss in Revenge of Iris, mm-hmm. where you see it for the first time from the perspective of the people who are getting pieces of building dropped on them during yeah. this giant monster fight. And I, it was like... The director is actually thinking about this movie. It was genius to shoot it from street level. Genius, you know. As much, you know, it, it's no, you know something. It was genius. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize for thinking that a scene in a giant no monster way. movie is genius. No way. I I I love those really movies, brutal. and I think that uh, and then they I did remember that the. One. Uh, well, the oh. different director. Oh. Different director. Different oh. different storyline. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hairball for you, Mr. Different Director. Oh, horrid. <laughs> We we just watched that one again, uh, and I have to say, not as silly as I remembered it the first time I watched it. And I, knowing that it's out of the uh, out of the continuity uh, from the other camera movies, really didn't bug me as much. All right, but I'll let and you. There isn't there isn't a vinyl figure of that uh, that monster. That not the big one. Mon- no. no, no, not Zetus. No, Zetus is that his name? That's his name. Zetus. 
Yeah. No, the um, yeah, the, I the only not, thing you uh, can get of him, I think, is a model kit. And then, like a little, I've seen the little three or four inch tall thing, uh, and I've never bought that. No, I don't. I'm not into that. I want the, I want the, I want the vinyl one. I I need uh, big ones. I I was, I was, (laughs) uh, I was, I was disappointed. As much, and funny, as much as I hated that movie, and Mm -hmm. I think, I think hate is reasonable. Ouch. uh, Is 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 a reasonable description. Um, you know, my Bandai collection will never be complete until Bandai cowboys up and makes the Zetas final figure. Okay, so let's yeah. let's take a break from talking about movies and go back to the toys for a second. <laughs> do you do you are uh, as far as being a completist goes, do you feel that you could take say uh well, actually we talked about this a little bit. Do, could you take a model kit and replace put that in place of a missing monster? Oh, sure. That's what I do. N- yeah, you know, I I you know, I I I suppose that that's I I suppose I could, but um but I'm not missing any. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm bragging. But um, damn you, uh, Von yeah, Gulu! Uh, well, you know, it's not like you know, I you know, it's like oh, let me think how many people I can I can uh, impress with that braggery. You <laughs> and I'm done. Uh, you know, sane, my, you know, my my wife and Cindy, yeah, sane, sane, Jeff, you know, anybody who's been I, on this you know, show, it, it, pretty it's, much. It's, that's 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 how I met Cindy. Actually, oh nice. I, I bought my Biolanti figure from uh, from her store. Back in forever ago. No or way. By a, by, well, let me see. What did, was it? By, no. Space Godzilla. No, no, I take that back. It wasn't by Lenti, but I bought something from her. Back what, at Planet it? X? Yes. Okay. Planet X on, on in Northwest. Yeah. Um, actually, I bought several somethings from her, actually. But uh, but, it, but, it was, but it was only actually a couple of years later that, that we became what one might refer to as friends. Yeah. But uh, at that point, I was a customer, and she was lady who was giving me things I want. Yes. So, uh, which still made her very special to me. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I but, think uh, I don't. I don't think I crossed the friend level to Cindy until I actually saw her out in public one time. Right. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my god, what's up? But uh, no. It's so. Speaking of you know completist stuff, yes. Uh, yes. you know, I have a. Well, you, I don't know if you can see it. I can't see it from where I'm sitting, but there's a Mysterian's version of Mogera up there. Yes. It's a Aoshima kit. That yes. that is sitting there because I don't have the Bandai figure. Uh, you know what sucks about the Bandai figure? The antennas snap off. I hear that. Really easily. So I have my Bandai Mogera, and then I have the antennas taped to the back of his head. Because they keep Probably a good falling plan. off. Yeah. No, do they just it's... stick in or do they snap off? No, they snap off. That's bro. That sucker's broken. That's a bummer. Yeah, no, I know. I'm sure that there's some sort of adhesive that I could use to stick it back on, but I'm just too lazy. Mine are made out of... Uh... But I like your... I see that, that Monda you have wrapped around Atragon, and that's... Uh, oh, that's uh, one of my favorite kits. Yeah, that's uh, because I do not have a Monda. When... Well, no, that's not true. I have the Marmot Monda. Okay. But... Um, but yeah, but the marmots are—they're nice. Yeah, they're fun. They're nice. They're, yeah, but they're you know, but they're not like the Bondi's. They don't look like you know. They're they're cartoony. Yeah, when the Kaiju Cast headquarters moves into its new location, my new Terribly base exciting. of operations, that um, Monda is going to be. Yeah, it is uh, front center in one of those nice IKEA glass that's shelves. That's some sexy business you got going on there. It's, that a, is, it's that's a good a very, kit. That's a very good looking kit. The uh, drill on the Atragon, mm-hmm. the drill oh, nose, is me. actually die-cast. It's Ooh. metal. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me that there's a little switch. That you <laughs> no. Fl- you know, you flip it and it spins around. There, there is another one that came out that I don't have. Make that's, sure uh, you'll never have a date like in your a life again. three and a half foot long Atragon kit. Ooh. And it's made by, I think it's, 
I don't know. You'd I'm not going to say who it is because I, I don't know who it is, but you can flip a switch and the lights come on in the sure back for the engines and yeah. the nose turns. Oh, yeah. And I think you can even press the button. That's marketing, the, baby. That's the, what that is. The little, uh, they know what we want. The crow's nest area or whatever you call that, like actually shrinks down into the body of the oh, sub. So it can, good God. Yeah. It's expensive. Wow. I think it's like two, $300. And that's why I don't own one. Same here. Yeah. Uh, so where were we? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, Get my notes. I already plugged uh, the Atomic Rampage of the Ultra Battle Monsters, so I'm done. We'll just you'll talk, we can talk about. Oh, uh, we were talking about our, we were talking about movies on the on the island. Movies on the island, yeah. Gamma Gamma Garden of the Universe, huge huge fan. Um, uh, let's see what what uh, what are the Monster Zero? Of course, we mentioned earlier. That's uh, that's my favorite of the old series. Can't not love Monster Zero. Love Monster Zero. Um, we the actually the original Rodan. Oh, big, big fan of that too. Big fan of the original Rodan, and I think again, just because of this sort of ensemble nature, I love the Meganeurons. You mm-hmm. know, they, like it starts out with these like weird little kind of chittering scorpion pill bug little tiny head things that are eating people, and and I thought it was like what, I've been watching this as a as a child on the Saturday afternoon creature feature and thinking watching the the Meganeuron drag the 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 miner down the hill yeah. and everything and think that's terribly violent for a ch- <laughs> for a, for a uh, for a child of my young impressionable years definitely frightening but yeah you know very very much so and then rodan you know wakes up and like hey look at these and just eats them all and i was like wow that makes him he's 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 one bad mofo that guy he's going to go and he's going to he's going to knock down a building or two i think that might be like one of my favorite scenes uh, in the movie is when the oh, baby yes. Rodan hatches out because the whole time you well then the guy you and almost the guy think goes crazy the, the villains awesome. are the Meganeuron and it's that's what's terrorizing everybody right. and you can almost at that point of the movie you're almost like forgetting you're in a movie about a giant right. flying reptile and yes. and then all of a sudden this thing cracks out of this gigantic egg right and you see how that, small the, the, giant, the, Mega, the giant egg is kind of a giveaway. Yeah, but you see how point. small the mega neurons are right. compared to Rodan. So you know how hosed everybody in, yeah, uh, exactly. in, in Tokyo is. They are, uh, yeah, they've they've got they've got a terrible trouble with that one. But um, and then you know, and then of course it's also sad, you know, at the end. At the end, where, actually, you know, not not too big of a fan where, of the ending, just because it's kind of fruity. I found I found it, I found it a, giant a little bit monster movie. Yeah, a little bit too sappy, but. Everything else up until the ending for me is just oh yeah no it's solid grade I mean, A I like awesome the, uh, um, but uh, I'm trying to think if there's any that I haven't seen that you, like you could school me about but I think I've I think I've actually managed to see them all and thanks to the intertubes I'm you know you're you can just find all these neat little bootlegs and everything mm-hmm. or, you know um, I you know I have to admit I have not mastered the torrents yet I don't know. I just don't know how to do it, either that or, or I'm too impatient for, to, for the download to actually work, so yeah. I assume I'm doing it wrong, and I just turn it off. Yeah. But um, I'll, I'll buy, like, little bootlegs off of eBay and stuff, and I just picked up a giant pig movie. Have you oh, heard about from Korea. Chaw? Have you, you've heard from about Korea, Chaw? Yeah. Have you I seen have not it? seen it yet, but I, I've heard about it. I have. I just picked it up. It arrived the other day. I'm terribly excited to watch Chaw. I'm looking they forward say it's to... the best Korean monster movie since The Host. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Does that mean it's better than the host two? N- is there a host two? No, actually, that might not be out yet. Okay, I, I, might, I would. I would be, be very disappointed if I didn't know about that. But um, 
and I don't know what other monster movies there have been since Korean monster movies there have been since those. So I don't really know what it's comparing itself to. I would have to but it's guess a giant pig movie, so that I'm there have been anyway. none other than Chaw. Okay then. <laughs> well, that's disappointing. It looks like it has some decent production value, so I'll give it a you know. It was six dollars. You know, I would I would pay more to go see a movie at the you know at, at Regal if I was. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's six dollars, including shipping from Korea. So I was like, oh, all right. Well, you know, I'll yeah, sure, I'll watch Chaw. And- Have you seen the trailers for Death Kappa? Yes. Yes, I am <laughs> extremely looking forward to that. You know, the guy oh, who does Cryptogon dear. actually, the guy who does Cryptogon, he does another film festival, and I'm hoping that he gets. Oh, Death Kappa. Really? Where is this? Now, where is this? Is uh, I think it'll be in Seattle. Uh, I, I, I have to say, I don't think round trip Death Kappa is going to be worth six hours of driving. <laughs> Call it a gut feeling on that one, but it looks like, you know. Yeah, I think if I was able since to. since Crawl. <laughs> you know, I'm just. Uh, if I was able to, like, do, do something other than just sit, go sit down and watch the movie, I'd be, I'd be up for that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's true. But no, it looks. Um, What's the word? Unique. Old school. Old, very old school. Well, Tomoru Haraguchi, who's the director of that film, mm-hmm. he's just a big fan of the old school ways. Oh, all right. So, uh, and that comes out next week on DVD anyway. In like regular DVD? Like regular I could go DVD. To, like you Netflix? should be able to go to Netflix. You should also be able to go to get Best out. Buy. Really? Tokyo Shock Death is pro- producing it. Yeah. Oh, the, sh- the, the, oh, our friends from Tokyo Shock. Okay, well, yes, I have a couple of their movies. It'll probably yes. Probably. Well, you know something. I'll watch it. I know I'm gonna. I'm not gonna pretend I'm not going to watch it. I'm gonna you know. I'm definitely adding it to the list of of giant monster movies that that we're gonna put in the Dekaiju discussions. So. Oh sure. So sure. it'll be uh, unfortunately that'll probably be last. Is there some last. kind of movement going on with like Big Man Japan and Death Kappa and sort of parody giant monster movies that are happening now? Or? If there is, nobody's told me about it. <laughs> I I mean I'm for it. Yeah, but, I'm all uh, for it. I mean yeah. I I like. Did you like Big Man Japan? I liked the parts I watched. The um, again, the fast forward button was my friend. I found the sort of depressing little human like reality show parts between mm-hmm. the monster fights. Mm-hmm. After I watched like the third one or so, I found them repetitive and really boring. So I just jumped from monster to monster, and then I watched the whole Ultraman thing at the end, yeah. which was bizarre. Well, the but, entire uh, movie is bizarre, and I have to say, I. I I'm still not sure what the heck is going on in that movie. Like, I watched it all the way through, including, well, all the way through, you know. It's, so. it's no, what I've, what I've told is that it's, it's uh, social satire. Well, definitely. Uh, it's know, definitely social you know, satire, social but it's, satire. it's social but, satire, but not, but not including. A, not a cultural satire, but a political satire. And um, and I w- I'm not actually I'm not going to uh, the next time you get Donahue on your show have him blurt that out because he he yeah. was the one trying to explain it to me and I was like politics shut up so uh, <laughs> well there's uh, a lot of politics yeah. uh, jokes in, in um, the new Gilala film the uh, which I have not seen the X from outer space sure sub, uh, whatever it's called the battle at the G summit or something like that really it's I saw that, I saw that at G Fest of is last that on DVD? year. Yes, I would watch that. I don't own it yet, but I'm going to. Uh, it's on the list of things to get on my sure. massive list. Uh, that movie is crazy, really? and it is definitely a parody. Okay, definitely a parody. You know, I'm thinking. I'm seeing a. I'm seeing a subgenre. 
It's I'm a new trend, man. Sub-genre. I've seen I was, wasn't there supposed to be like Gilala versus Yungari or something like that, or Gala, Gilala versus yeah, I don't know about that one. One of the one of the uh, or like Pulgasari or Yungari, like one of the one of the C listers. Uh, well, those both the ones you mentioned are, are Korean. Yeah. But they okay. So in this the new Gilala film, which I think came out last year, because that's what it, what's what I saw at right. G Fest. That movie was aside from being a parody of you know giant monster movies, he did fight a Majin sort of movie. Really? No, I'm sorry, Majin sort of monster. Stats, a giant it was statue a giant come statue to life thing. Come to life. Yeah, I'm generally not a fan of the giant statue come to life thing. Like when they do it in Ultraman and everything, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna skip this episode. But I do like the Majin. Mm. I do, I do, I do like, the, I do like the Majin. But, um, but sure, Galala. You know, if, if it's in the Galala movie, I'm gonna watch it because I want to see the new Galala movie. Galala is so bizarre. I like, you know, it's like, yeah. and the the thing that cracks me up is um, sometimes if I'm really feeling like torturing myself while I'm watching, you know, you think about. Uh, I'll try to apply evolution to these creatures that were they were watching in these movies. And it's like, <laughs> why, why did this monster that is already bigger than everything else on the planet develop fire breathing, you know, or develop laser eyeballs? It's like, what, what do you possibly need that for? It's like, oh, you needed to fight the other monster, but but there's only one other monster, you know. It's like you evolution isn't going to give you that update adaptation. It's like, oh, nobody he. He was an iguana and he fell into a barrel of radioactive waste. It's like I hate that movie, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it's like, I don't I, think I know, you know what movie you're talking about. Oh, you know, it's, uh, oh, oh, I see. We, we we're rewrite we're revision historical revisionists here. I'm I am i I'm I'm fine with that. Actually, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah. Any but uh, the Gelala film is. It's bizarre, and you should definitely check it out. I at, want to. I very see much if it's want on, to now. See if it's on the Netflix. It I would might be uh, something at the G Summit. You say? I definitely G, G Summit. Summit. But is, is it like Galala colon something at the G Summit or uh, you know X two? I'll have to get back to you on that. Double X. <laughs> it's like the, the, the next one. He's going to fight Vin Diesel. It's going to be awesome. Quadruple X. <laughs> 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 That's the that's the Gilala yeah. sound. But for there's me. two. There's just there's too many of those movies that you know. I'm not, I'm sure you're in the same same situation. There's just there's just too many of these damn giant monster movies that I love. You know, for one reason or another. Yeah. And I, you know, I love the I love the Ultraman show. I mm-hmm. love the Ultraman movies. I love the new Ultraman shows. You know, it's like I love. Really, the, you love I the new do. ones too. I do. I. Uh, what was the one that uh, Ultraman Mabius? I I uh, I just there was a guy who was illegally putting them up on YouTube and like one at a time maybe like like he'd be up there and I would I I learned his I my if good lord if my wife hears this I'm gonna be in so much trouble she's gonna know how much time I waste on things like this but I I actually I was I actually was able to learn when this clown somewhere in in like Wales or something was like uploading the new episode of Mabius to YouTube uh-huh. and I would be there and you know I was like waiting for him and nice. he would like upload it and I would watch it and I was like this is neat I like just just little half hour bites and you know I just the, uh, the there's a new the, Ultraman movie too just I came out I don't I have not seen it we just watched it really Mabius does Jealous. play a, a large role in the film who does Mabius Ultraman Mabius oh sure okay cool 
Yeah. Cool. Now, which one is this? What's it? Uh... Um, Ultra Galaxy something. I have See, terrible like, name. Like, it's I, a terrible well, name. It's like in all of the all of the movies and series. Oh, okay. Maybe you could the the other show that I watched that this guy uploaded that I loved was the All Monster one. The um the one where where the monster Gamora. You familiar with the monster Gamora? Yes. Okay. Where Gamora is the main character of the series and like Ella King. Oh, the the, the, electrical- the okay. That's this the TV show that this movie is based off of. Oh, okay. Mega Monster Battle. Mega Monster Battle. I think it's called Ultra Galaxy Mega, Mega Monster, Monster Battle. Battle. Yes. Okay. I should know a little bit better because one of my listeners did a uh, did a review for the and I played it last. The series was big fat fun. Yeah. And then they had the like King Joe Black, which I loved. Nice. You know, it was just kind of like you know, which which made me you know, it sounded to me that just sounded like an exploitation film from the seventies. But it's, it definitely you know, does. But you know, they like like now before there was King Joe, which honestly I always thought was one of the most ridiculous ultra monsters. You know, this this King like, Joe looks like, and I didn't know him until much later in my life. But when I always saw yeah. him, I was like, yeah, he looks like a stereo come to life. See, I thought he, see, I thought he looked like like one of like one of those '70s stereos that the lights would pulse to the sound. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know exactly what you, I know exactly what you, what you're talking about. And you know, just had this big sort of like big washing machine head. It was just kind of like, just very ridiculous looking. King Joe Black now is it? Was he in the movie? <laughs> Uh, it's King Joe. Okay, so here black. here's the deal. Without you know, he's got a big because it's a new movie. It's it's. I'm not trying to give away spoilers to anybody, but I don't remember because there are so many monsters, and what it does is it pans very quickly over all of them, and then there is this big battle. So King Joe Black does I not need pay. To see this movie. King Joe Black does not play a large role, as far as I remember. Okay, but I mean, uh, basically, the bad guy Ultraman raises all of these monsters and they're on his oh, side. I want to see this so yeah. bad. I want to see this so bad. Oh man, so how who like again we'll talk about it later. Yeah. I need to, I need to know how to get this. I need, okay. I need to get it very quickly or I'm going to have some sort of aneurysm. All right. Well, let's uh let's actually move on. Uh let's kind of wrap up this actually. Let's yeah, get um so. you know about what the What was the rambling and all? So if you if you had to have if you had to give any advice, or if you could give any any advice, advice to Legendary Pictures, who's creating the new Godzilla film? Ooh, wow! You know, considering yes. what's what's happened before and what's you're gonna, you know, hope would be in a Godzilla movie. What would you say to Legendary Pictures if they were listening? All right, if they were listening retroactively, let's pretend, <laughs> shall we? Um, well, there's. There's a couple of things. One, and correct me if I'm wrong, hasn't there been like of a of a character produced by by one by one company? Hasn't there been more Godzilla movies than like any other fictional character except for Dracula or something like that? I mean, there's. I think. I think. Godzilla point, beats them all. There's an enormous uh, point. James Bond is just below. Okay. Point being, point being, there's an enormous. You know something? James Bond is an excellent example, because if you were going to do a new James Bond movie, mm-hmm. you know, he'd still be British. He'd still get the ladies. He'd still have the cool gadgets. He'd still. There are things in the language of James Bond you just don't mess with, and you know this is it is a, it's a proven commodity. 
it's done. That's why you're making another one because there's been a billion before and everyone's loved someone has loved every one of them. There's no there's no question about it. Same thing with Godzilla. I don't care if you're doing it for American audience. America knows who Godzilla is. America is practically synonymous with Japan for, you know, for Americans. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't need to throw away what Godzilla is, which is exactly what the other one did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the other one, the other one is, is, is an almost watchable movie if you change the title. You, you, you know uh, and, uh, something I've heard people say many times. All you know, all you know, ve- you know very much so. You know, one if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and Godzilla ain't broke. Okay, so that's the easy one. The, well, at least you think it's the easy one, and yet it's the one that movie producers seem to miss every time they you know do a comic book film or they do a, a you know remake of something or you know blah 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 blah. Uh, and then the other thing, which I think is similar to uh comic book movies is that i think in a large part that godzilla is defined by his nemeses mm. you know okay. that, that godzilla is that that godzilla's power that godzilla's uh place in the universe that godzilla's you know whatever you know godzilla gamera ultraman whoever is defined by whoever he's duking it out with at the time and you know, I think that this is very obvious in this again in looking over this, this this uh, wealth of culture that's that's sprung up around you know the Godzilla and and all the Godzilla lore. That uh, you know, what's your favorite movie? You know, Godzilla's Revenge. He's fighting Gabra, Monster Zero. They're fighting Ghidorah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like wherever they're fighting somebody, and you need there needs to, I honestly there needs to be another monster. Yeah, that's interesting there you ne- say that. There needs to be another monster. It's like I, you know, we already saw Cloverfield. We don't want to just see a monster come out of the sea and wreck a, bi- and, and wreck a city. We've already seen that, you know. It's like I want to see, I want, I, you, yeah, who? I yeah, I don't know, make something up, yeah. you know. Bring, you know, this guy, make sure, make something up. Make something up. You know, and new just, characters are fine. Yeah. Just, you, you know, know make but, sure but, you get Godzilla uh, in there. But I think there needs to be, um, oh, and just, you, whatever you make it up, whatever you make up, it can't be dark opposite Godzilla. <laughs> you know, it's like, I hate, you know, I hate the character Venom in the Spider Man comics. Yeah. I hate, uh, um, I know that there are others. I'm, I'm not, you know, the, the but the only one that I that I kind of like is uh, Bizarro in the Superman comics. I mean, it's it's different enough and ridiculous enough where, you know, the 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 evil twin formula is kind of working me for there. Yeah. But you know, I bought it in War of the Gargantuas. I bought the okay. evil, I bought right, the yeah. evil twin thing in War of the Gargantuas because you had this sort of you know there was this little morality play kind of going yeah. on there. It's like it's not nice to eat people. Okay, I guess everybody can get behind that idea. So you know, it's like <laughs> sure, but um, uh, you know, it, and it's just uh, they they need to watch. You know what they need to do? They need to watch the Gamma movies we were talking about. That's a good idea. That's what they need to do. They need to watch the Gamera movies, probably, and especially Revenge of Iris. Yeah, I think it's a good idea if they just kind of figure out what, you know, what the common themes are throughout all the movies. If you sort of like, if you were to overlay every single movie to each other and then, you know, 
yeah. on top of I each other and then pull the pizza. I don't big mystical, he's the magical spirit guardian of the north or something. Yeah. I don't need that. I need, you know, I need big monsters here. Another, oh, the big monsters coming from the west. Another big monster is coming from the east. And everybody in between has reason to crap themselves. That's <laughs> that's all. That's really all. I, I could watch that for an hour and a half. I have, yeah. no, pro- I have no problem with that. But uh, that and let um, and let William Stout design it for you. That would be. Is the he other still thing. doing work? I William don't Stout? know. <laughs> he'd you know if he's not he'd come out of retirement to do the new Godzilla. You know he would. Yeah, let somebody but, uh, somebody who's got some history with Godzilla. Somebody is what I would somebody say. who's never seen a uh, Resident Evil video game. I think that would you, the, not having that corrupting influence in your character design. I think would also be uh, very key. All right, I will agree with that definitely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, so I think we're gonna move on and uh, wrap up this interview. Oh, so soon. Yeah, so soon, yes. <laughs> so soon. We've got over like forty-five minutes longer than you. Like we were it's, planning. It's all good, man. Right on. How about music, man? Do you have any specific Godzilla themes that you know you remember? Anything? Or maybe not Godzilla. Maybe something well, from Gamma. Know, actually, the funny thing—the only one that I have on my pie, on my uh, iTunes—the uh-huh. uh, uh, opening theme to Ultraman Nexus. I think I have that. That rocks. I think I have that. And that I think I will totally play that. rocks. I love. It's like, you know, I don't even know what the the real title is. It's like, like the first word is spelled like E I Y O O or something. <laughs> I can't pronounce that. I have American mouth. All right, well, let's hear that. The main theme or opening titles to Ultraman Nexus. Once again, class, it is time for our Daikaiju discussions. Every month, the Kaiju cast will showcase one particular film from the giant monster landscape and task the listeners with submitting thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following episode. Thanks to an online tool, I've randomly assigned one movie to each month, solidifying that this show will keep going for a long, long time. This month, we are discussing a seafaring tale of treachery in the seventh Godzilla flick. The 1966 Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, the Japanese name for this film, Gojira Ebira Mosura Nankai no Daikato, is translated to Godzilla 
Ibera Mothra, big duel in the South Seas. Personally, I like the international title, Ibera Horror of the Deep, though. The film was the first of June Fukuda's Island series, and is uh, it features mainstays in the Toho science films like Akira Takarada, Kumi Mizuno, and Akihiko Harata. Common knowledge to Godzilla fans, this film was originally penned as a Kong film before Toho lost the rights to the King Kong character. And the last point of interest I'll bring up is that Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster was one of only two Godzilla films harpooned by the Mystery Science Theater 3000 team. Tonight, we sat down and watched the Japanese subtitled version, which was actually a first for me. So I'm sitting here with Martin and Jeff. We just finished watching Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, a.k.a. Ebera, Horror of the Deep. So you guys, you'd seen this before, right, Jeff? Yeah, it'd been uh, quite a long time since I've seen this, probably 20 years, I'm guessing. Wow, that's a really long time. Yeah. How did it hold up for you? It's, it's okay. Um, you know, one of the uh, refreshing things is it's got kind of a different locale. I mean, pretty much all the action takes place on the one island. There's not any kind of rampaging through through Tokyo or anything like that. Yeah, this is um, the first of what we call the island series. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in that regard, it's kind of refreshing, but I, I have to say uh, Ibira, the... Uh, the monster uh, of this one is uh, one of my least favorite, I-, I think. You don't like the presence of a giant shrimp in a Godzilla movie? I, I don't know. It's just like, it just seems like that's all it is. It's a giant shrimp. There's like no personality, and there doesn't seem to be all that. No powers either. No powers, except you can, you know, hit a boulder back and forth. Pretty good. You know, he's got a good backhand. He's got accurate. <laughs> I'd good say back claw. excellent accuracy because he was able to stab those two dudes. Two dudes in one go. Yeah. Which, which of course, I I noted during the film, this is another movie where we see people actually die by the hands of a monster. And they get devoured, too, actually. Right? You think. I mean, there's really no... There's no mouth. There's no, right? there's no mouth. I don't know. Is there a mouth? Do shrimps have mouths? How do shrimp eat? Through their mouth. They have... They Tell, have, a, they Mar- have a, hang on, hang on. Martin is a science teacher, everybody. So, Martin, tell us how shrimp eat. They have a, a mandible area that does open up. Yeah. A little closer. A, a little closer? Okay. It's not It's not omnidirectional. <laughs> you got to talk into it like this, baby. Okay, so, uh, yes, they have a mandibular area. They do. They have a mouth that opens up, and if you notice, most shrimp, um, real shrimp and lobsters, they grab things with their claws, and they bring them in, and they've got uh, little... Uh, kind of little feathery grabbers around that kind of bring the food in for the last little grab and, and it's usually about four pieces that move open and they move their little claws and their little feathery grabbers that are by their mouth kind of through those little open mandibles and okay because a, shri- a shrimp is a small small animal so I'm wondering what does a shrimp eat in what real life it, in real life in, in real life so there's all sorts of things that go through the water column that they eat um any type of little uh, well like the little tiny shrimp they you know they'll eat uh, things like planarians daphnias that kind of thing stuff that you can kind of see you can look see them really well on a microscope but they that that's what they eat there's all sorts of little things in the water column that float by that they catch so when you were watching this, did you go, oh, man, a person's way too big for that thing to eat? Well, no. I was, when I saw it, I was like, well, all right. He just harpooned two people with his claw. 
there's not a whole lot left. <laughs> and he's big enough that two people aren't even going to get stuck in his, you know, his little krill sifters up there. Okay. So. But how does he take the people? Does he have teeth? Do shrimp have teeth or no? They don't have teeth. So how would he get those guys off of his claw? Like a skewer, right? Because you kind of need something. You would kind of press it and then kind of like slide them off and, and hopefully have his head tilted back. They'd just kind of fall down as Maybe. And I don't know why I'm talking about this, to be You're honest. spending a lot of time talking spending about it. Spending a lot of time. I'm just fascinating. I'm fascinated by the shrimp monster, honestly. I'm, I found it a very strange decision to bring Ibira back for Final Wars as one of the monsters, even though he got dispatched by the humans. Um, but anyway, let's get, let me get back on topic, and we'll talk about this movie, Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster. This is the first time you've seen it, Martin. So what? tell us your experience. What did you think when you were watching it? Uh, oh, So two things. One, I kind of felt like this was... There, there was a really high camp factor in this one. I thought this one was was pretty campy, and there's a there's definitely a lot of like uh, the the convenient little moments of like let's move this along so that we can get ourselves out onto a boat. <laughs> did you um did you or when you say camp factor, are you talking about just the monster scenes or the monsters and the humans? The the whole story. It, oh, it it's yeah. It it feels it's just rather campy to me. I I. Uh, and I could be totally wrong, but I, I can't imagine that the director stood back and looked at that one and goes, "This one is going to withstand the testament of time as a nice piece of Godzilla lore that is going to teach somebody a lesson about nuclear weapons." Now, see, that's a, a good point. I actually went almost the entire movie saying to myself, "What is the message here?" And I've seen the movie before, but this is one of those movies where the message is forgettable to me. And almost. I mean, I agree with you, Kyle, in that the fact that until that last little bit when they're up floating above the island and yeah, the guy the has net, the one yeah. line, I wouldn't even think there really, really is much of a message in this one. It's almost right? like they said, whoa, 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 wait, 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 we got we to gotta throw in a message here. Where this movie just kind of taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, man, uh, nuclear weapons are bad. And a movie like Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster, it's a full-on slap yeah. to the face no pollution. Yeah, I just felt like they probably said like, "Oh, yes, I have to add a, add a line in here. Oh, uh, let's do it. Let's <laughs> add it right here. Yeah, right Throw this here. one line in here. Um, if it works, we'll keep it in. If it doesn't work, we'll take it out. And it worked, I guess. So, isn't this is this the first film that is directed by uh, what is it? Uh, Jun Fukuda. Yeah, I think it is. Right. I think it is because he did. I am dangerously unprepared for this episode because of the whole packing thing. So. Um, I just basically this episode of the Kaiju cast, I'm going into the Daikaiju discussion with my brain and zero book knowledge. I think it is the first film directed by him. Probably. And he, you know, his films are very kind of, I don't know if juvenile is maybe the word. Mm -hmm. You can use, I think juvenile is a good way to describe these movies. Everything um, up until Destroy All Monsters, I'd say is, and you know, maybe I'm pushing the my love for destroy all monsters onto that film and saying that it's not juvenile but you know everything from let's just say everything from here on out until the heisei series is pretty juvenile they're aiming at kids and i definitely got a feeling of that from this film well the first um confrontation between godzilla and um ibira mm-hmm. is is almost comical well, yeah with the, you with know, the beach ball 
yeah, with the beach ball thing, it's you know, it's kind of like here you're gonna have this epic. I don't know, epic is the right word, but the confrontation between you know the two giant monsters. Round one, and it just kind of, you know, it comes across as just really hilarious. And then when Godzilla first, you know, when he gets attacked by by all the jets, the uh, soundtrack, mm-hmm, the music, yeah. is just extremely, you know, like like. Of course, it's the 1960s, yes. but it's almost, it, it doesn't fit the scene to me at all. Okay, so here's what I thought when I was watching that scene. And I, I will go on record as saying that I really do like this movie. It just falls short a little bit for what I consider to be a good Godzilla film. I do like it. Uh, but I saw the jets coming, and I saw them firing at Godzilla, and I was hearing the Dance Party USA soundtrack behind it. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, this would be a really great place to put some comedy in and have Godzilla actually sort of dancing almost like he was in that dance marathon. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a sense, if you're going to take it to the extreme of let's make this really funny scene, yeah, you could have Godzilla dancing and, and that music going. They would have to have some forethought. <laughs> into, into, I mean, you know what I mean? And like, I'm sure there was some forethought. Well, you think the composer was, I think, before they well, were? actually I think that what happened here is that they, they probably just put that music in after the fact because there was not it was wasn't a funny scene by any means. Yeah, yeah. I mean that s- music would have fit better for like the scene I just mentioned, the confrontation scene, the volleyball, the volleyball, yeah, volleyball scene. It really, I really thought that that boulder was beach ball like. Yeah, I mean it, and you know Godzilla hitting it off his head. Yeah, <laughs> it's just silly. I mean it's silly, and but you know I think that's. I mean they're. Definitely, this film was, I think, geared towards you know a younger audience by this time. Like the ones screaming in the background. Yes, they're being tortured. It's okay. It's okay. Don't mind those. Oh, screams. so I should I should warn everybody in the in the audience that you know because I'm moving right now because the headquarters is moving to a new new island. Um, we're actually in the the chambers of horror holocaust right now. Yes, Drusilla's here, but she's being a little quiet. <laughs> A little shy. That's good, because this is a family show. <laughs> so, uh, Martin, tell tell me something. You saw this. This is the first time you'd seen this movie. You, what did you like about it? Like, what what would you keep? Or you know, usually I ask what would you change, but I think this movie probably has a lot to change. What would you keep? What do you like about this movie? Um, I guess to be honest, I like the fact that this one was campy i i really don't feel like i said that anyone was making a, a real attempt at like trying to you know to really get into like the annals of ecological history with you know their statement in a godzilla movie you know they stuck that they, they snuck that one little statement in kind of at the end as a almost like that was our the little one line homage to you know prior godzilla movies or anything like that but that i that's what made this one fun is it was campy uh, just I felt like it was campy fun. I definitely thought this was a fun movie for sure. Yeah, and I and uh, the the part with the jets, I actually thought Godzilla was dancing when I because I watched this for the first time and that surf music kicks in. Mm-hmm. I immediately saw that and I was like, they're doing like the dance moves. That's the, it. It did strike me that way. Um, so when you guys mentioned that, that was uh, I was thinking that those were like that was like another little campy, dancey moment because there's a lot of times, at least I noticed it when there's just he's 
doing stuff with his hands up and things are going on and you know the attack really isn't even happening yet yeah i i think unfortunately this movie does fall a little too too far into the campy water because this i mean even the effects in this particular film are a little shoddier mm-hmm. and the suit acting i mean ibira was fine i didn't have a problem with ibira but they're using the same suit from Gija the Three-Headed Monster and Monster Zero and now this film and it's there's something about the face that just isn't emoting as much as I wanted it to mm-hmm. maybe I think maybe it was a little bit better in those other two films but for the most part every time he walked on to the screen and it kind of looked like he he wasn't directing his view where it should be um you know Godzilla, and then the I mean, there's the giant condor as well, which I yeah. thought was I mean that just looked like it was straight out of a kid's show to me. Well, and there was I I had made a comment too real quick about um, the fact that when we first see Godzilla and the first series of roars, there's no mouth movement. You don't see anything going on whatsoever. I think it's finally when he makes it to the shore and and has the first confrontation with Ibira that you actually see the mouth articulate. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot going on where they're not even doing that. So it was like an afterthought of like, oh yeah, let's let's throw the let's throw the sound in, but they didn't actually have the mouth going. So Jeff, do you have something to say? Um do you think it's worth mentioning that uh this film, you know, was not originally intended to be a Godzilla movie. I it think what? Well What's you know that you say? Well you know, coming across Godzilla hibernating in a cave. Okay, it's like I'm sure anybody who watched it guys would be like, "What?" And interacting with a woman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's been reported before that this was originally supposed to be a King Kong film. Right. Supposed to be Kong on an island, um, who gets woken up. Whether he was supposed to fight a giant shrimp, lobster yeah. shrimp, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, they they just kind of it must have been like a last minute kind of thing where they just said like, "Haha." Let's make this into a Godzilla movie. And yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering about that. Maybe I should, I should definitely read my book and see, see what Steve Rifle has to say about it, or see maybe, uh, maybe they just sat on it for a while and they thought this is a good script. We should just adapt this for Godzilla. Here, I'll set you up, Kyle. What's the story behind the uh, King Kong? You know, this is supposed to be a King Kong movie. Yeah, I can't read that. Of that book until I get into my new place, and okay. this episode well, has be, to go live before then. But has thank to go live you. At five o'clock this morning. <laughs> Th- thank you for the. Uh, <clears throat> thank you for. Let me. I'm going to go home and tear open my boxes yeah, now. Thanks. Find that book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I uh, we actually should wrap wrap this up a little bit. So, Jeff, final thoughts on the on the film? Um, it's okay. There's parts I like. I like the locale. I like having the. You know the uh, the island natives from Infant Island, and the pacing is great. It's just Ibira is kind of Godzilla deserves a better foe than that, in my opinion. Duly noted. How about you, Martin? Tell me your final thoughts on Godzilla versus the sea monster. The biggest thing that stuck out for me that is my final thought in this is the music. The music was so so poignant for the time that it was made. But it it had almost no relevance to the places in the movie where it was. There was James Bond music. There was surf music. There was all these this music in there. So it was almost as if um, 
that never played a part in in the forethought of of anything that was going on. So I'd, I'd I would love to know the history behind the music. Well, the uh, composer for this episode for this episode, sorry, the composer for this movie was Masaru Sato, and he has done other Godzilla movies. Um, specifically, I'm pretty sure he did the soundtrack for Godzilla Raids Again. And of course, if I'm wrong, that's coming right out of the, the kaiju discussion. <laughs> but, um, but then he followed that up with some other films. Like he um, he specifically did the first Mechagodzilla soundtrack, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. And I'm pretty sure he did some other ones as well. He, I think he was the composer for not Megalon because that was Manabe. So the music, yes, the music was a little weird and definitely echoed the times. Yeah, and even though that guy was the that was doing the music, that doesn't mean that that stuff it wasn't stuff that he had in the cache that was maybe already recorded or was for other things. And if there was a budgetary constraint, that might have been one of those things where they were like, "Oh, here's this. I'll give this to you for fifty percent off." Instead maybe of writing new things. Who knows? I think I'm gonna see if I have that soundtrack and close out the show with it. There you go. Or the you know the dance number at least. Cool. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for watching jeff thanks for hosting tonight i really appreciate it and uh hosting the the dekaiju discussion and let's hear what other people had to say brady writes in saying that godzilla versus the sea monster is one of his least favorite in the series instead of making the necessary changes to the script to accommodate a godzilla movie they took the exact same script and simply crossed kong's name out each time it appears quickly scribbling godzilla in its place Overall, it feels like one of the more rushed Godzilla productions, and the rapid change from Kong to Godzilla easily shows. Robert writes in to say that Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster is an odd movie. The Big G must have been tired because he doesn't wake up until nearly two-thirds into the picture, then he falls back asleep again. What is cool about this movie is the glimpse of spiritualism at the beginning. Ryota's action on this information gained by the Mountain Woman sets the whole plot in motion. Tiny views of the Japanese culture like that always make Godzilla movies more exotic and interesting to him. Chris wrote in, saying that he absolutely loves how different the soundtrack is than some of the other films. The Dick Dalish riffs when Godzilla first leaves the cave complement the overall look of the film perfectly. Godzilla's continued acting in this movie also impresses him. Lots of gestures and movement help show the personality more and more, from him punching his fists at Ibira and especially when he's destroying the command center, looking for any new targets. Godzilla just seems to really act in the movie, and he loves the shot where uh, Godzilla's snapping Ibera's torn claw at him, only to see Mothra up in the sky, kind of as if he's saying, Not you again. Alex writes in saying that uh, Fukuda's strongest films are arguably his island series. The Sea Monster presents the audience with a unique take on the kaiju world of Toho, here we're presented with a world that has fully accepted the fact that kaiju share it with them. The kaiju are treated as part of the landscape of the film and are no more out of the ordinary than the evil organization, the Red Bamboo. Tim writes in saying that this was the first film he saw on TV when he was a kid. So even though it's sort of like a middle-of-the-road Godzilla film overall, it still retains a cool place in Godzilla fandom for him. Tim also asked if the inclusion of Mothra... Um, was a response to Godzilla being written into the film or if she was uh, in the original screenplay with Kong. I'm going to have to check on that, man. Unfortunately, all my uh, Godzilla stuff is boxed up at the moment. Jose writes in to say that the Abira costume was interesting, 
Back when he saw that one, he thought Ibero was a lobster, but actually, as we all know now, it is a shrimp. Uh, and the fight scene between Godzilla and Ibero was short and funny, and watching Mothra save everyone was cool. Bill notes that the movie itself is pretty fun. Uh, it moves at a decent pace, and the time bomb scene at the end does generate a great deal of tension. It's goofy, it's fun, and a nice addition to the Showa series. Thinking about the movie, he couldn't help but notice how important actor Akira Takarada was to the early G-films. No matter what role he played, whether he was a young romantic lead in Gojira, a tough acting reporter in Godzilla vs. The Thing, flying around Planet X with Nick Adams and Astro Monster, or playing the bad guy with a soft heart and sea monster, he totally sold it. And he's definitely going to look for some of his non-kaiju films. And finally, Nick wrote in and said that he really enjoyed Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster for a number of reasons. The main characters are entertaining and endearing. The villainous red bamboo with lobster security are classic bad guys, complete with a nuclear base and enslavement of the innocents. And it has a feel of a spy movie and the suspense of a heist that just makes you not mind Godzilla's late entrance. Godzilla also is uh, completing his metamorphosis from nuclear terror to children's hero in this film. And from the cookie monster face to the boulder volleyball, he's becoming quite the charmer. All in all, it's a good kaiju flick. One of Jun Fukuda's better G-films, ranking some uh, somewhere below Son of Godzilla, but way above Gigan and Megalon. Uh, and I will also mention that Nick sent in this really awesome drawing of uh, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster, and I, I'm not going to describe it in the podcast. You just are going to have to check it out in the show notes. There you have it. That's this month's Daikaiju discussion. Make sure you check out next month's film, Rebirth of Mothra 2. That's the 1997 version with Dagarla. Jeff should be quite pleased. Um, since we're running a little long this month, let's just turn to Eric Carter in the KaijuCast newsroom. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. So what's the deal with that Godzilla shirt from San Diego, you say? Well, the shirt features a new Godzilla design that is uh, not actually the design that will be used in the upcoming Legendary Pictures film. Not saying that they have a design yet, just mentioning that it was simply a shirt they produced for the con. I say simply because, uh, I say simply, but it actually has a cool feature. In the design, you'll see a billboard with the uh, Legendary Pictures logo. Behind the logo is a marker for technology called augmented reality. When you uh, are online and you opt to use your webcam to interact with a website using this program, Godzilla appears to be firing his atomic ray, and you actually hear him roar too. Um, there's also some black smoke that appears on the screen as well, and from what I can see on the internets, it looks like a really cool feature. We still have a while to go before we see any real footage from the upcoming film, um, hopefully by next year, right? Uh, previous guest August Ragoni mentioned online that he saw a 10-second teaser for the film. And I will just quote him on this. At Comic-Con yesterday, I stormed the Legendary Pictures booth, snagging Godzilla shirts. We also saw the 10-second CG trailer featuring a burning city, the Godzilla logo, and a blue explosion erupting towards the screen. 
underlining the blue glow emanating from Godzilla's mouth on the t-shirt design. I reposted the video on the KaijuCast Facebook page, but it really wasn't anything to write home about. I mean, we're talking about 10 seconds, and it's literally like city on fire, logo, blue flames, boom, done. And then it moves on to like other trailers and stuff. Also, on SciFiJapan.com, you can find a link in the show notes to this article. Koichi Kawakita has launched a brand new line of Godzilla products in order to bring Godzilla back into the spotlight, sort of. So if you check out that article, you'll see there's like a wine with a, a bottle that's got uh, Godzilla's shape etched on the glass uh, surface. There's also um, a series of lapel pins, which are pretty cool, and uh, some other stuff. But most importantly for me... Uh, in a sense, which would definitely go under that stuff I can't afford heading, is the one-to-one scale oxygen destroyer garage kit, which someday, someday, I swear, I'm going to have an oxygen destroyer sitting on my mantle or something like that because that's pretty much the only prop replica that I really feel like I need to have in my possession. I'd like to be buried with it. That's a joke. Uh, That pretty much does it for news, but I have some other information to share with you guys. Ardent listeners uh, should remember a few months ago that I mentioned another Godzilla podcast that had started up called Tokyo SOS. Well, it seems that Thomas and Jesse have kept themselves really busy and are already on episode number six for Mothra vs. Godzilla. They've also moved to a new website and are no longer at Podomatic. I'll have the link to their new home at 123productions.com in the show notes. It should also be noted um, that hopefully, with fingers crossed, they may have a very special guest for their next two shows, which will cover Ghidra, the Three-Headed Monster, and Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. One of my favorites, hint, hint. Additionally, um, I found another podcast, another Godzilla podcast. It's called Godzilla Planet. The two hosts of that show, Nick Ainu and uh, Nestmasta, have a pretty entertaining dialogue about Godzilla in each episode. Um, That includes movie talk, toy and video game reviews, and other bits of insanity along the way. Check the show notes for a link to that podcast as well. Well, that really wraps up what we've got going on this month. Thanks to my guest, Baron Von Gulu, for sitting here in the other chair and talking shop with me. Thanks to Martin and Jeff for watching Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster with me. Thanks to everybody who wrote in with their questions, comments, etc. By the way, if I didn't get to your music request uh, this month... It's because I actually had too many. So uh, I will be playing uh, your song next month, provided I don't get more of that stuff. So uh, I was running long, too. So regardless, thank you for sending that in. If you found the podcast on iTunes or some other podcast directory, don't hesitate to point your browser to kaijucast.com, where you can download the current and previous episodes, check out the suggested reading, show notes, the schedule for the Daikaiju discussions, and cast your vote in any polls I might be conducting. Uh, As always, I do love hearing from you all, so if you'd like to make a comment, positive or negative, reply to something I said, point out an error, or simply supply your thoughts for next month's homework assignment, just send an email to controller at kaijucast.com. I'd also love to uh, uh, see you guys like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. KaijuCast is on both. Both of those links are available on the website. I'm going to leave you... uh, 
I'm going to leave you with one more track. Swanky tunes, my friends, from Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster by Masaru Sato. I'll see you next month. Jamata!